0: In this episode, Dr. Mithil Mehta talks about what is diabetes retinopathy. He dives into symptoms and treatment for diabetes retinopathy and how ophthalmologists and other healthcare providers can better support individuals with diabetes before their presentation with the disease. Tune in to
1: learn more about diabetic retinopathy prevention and management. Podcasting from Dallas, Texas, I am Shireen, and this is the Yemlish Podcast. Yumlish is working to empower you to take charge of your health through diet and exercise and reduce the risk of chronic conditions like type 2 diabetes and heart disease. We hope to share a unique perspective and a culturally relevant approach to managing these chronic conditions with you each week.
0: Dr. Mittal Mehta teaches medical students, residents, and fellows how to diagnose and treat diseases of the retina, including diabetes, specializing in vitreo-retinal surgery. He also co-founded an augmented reality visual aid company called IDAPTIC that makes devices to help people with retinal disease see better. Welcome, Dr. Mehta. Thank you. So, Dr. Minta, diving right in, uh, why this? Why did you decide to become a retina specialist?
2: So, when you're in medical school, you have to pick a field of medicine on on how you're gonna live the rest of your life, basically as a doctor. And so, it's a fairly important decision to make. So, you need to take it pretty seriously. So, what I did was I did the brute force method. So, between my first and second year of medical school, I went home. My dad called all of his doctor buddies. And I rotated in everybody's office for at least half a day. And if I liked it, I went back. Uh, and so I rotated through basically every field of medicine over that summer. Uh, and the ones I liked the most were neurosurgery, urology, and ophthalmology. Uh, and then during your third years of medical school, you actually do rotations in these fields directly in the medical center. So I did all of those. And the one I liked the most was ophthalmology. And within ophthalmology, the field of ophthalmology that involves the most kind of cutting edge, most delicate surgeries, the one that's probably the most important is the retina. And retina is definitely the best field in all of medicine without any bias.
0: No bias. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: It's just (laughs) just the truth.
0: Right, right. No, I get it. I get it. Um, Dr. Mehta, what is diabetes retinopathy? Help us understand that.
2: So ultimately, when you think about diabetes in general, Ultimately, diabetes is a disease of blood vessels because the sugar damages the blood vessels. And in particular, it damages the cells in the walls of the blood vessels by damaging the support cells called the pericytes. And so when you damage the blood vessels, it damages everything because everything in the body needs blood to survive, because that's your oxygen. So in the retina, in particular, the retina is the nerve layer in the back of the eye. And so if you don't have nerves, you can't capture light and then you can't send that light to the brain. And you can't see anything. So, when the blood vessels to the nerves that catch the light die, then it damages uh, the vision permanently. And so, diabetic retinopathy is ultimately the damage to the blood vessels that causes the damage to the nerves.
0: I gotcha. And, and help us understand the science a little bit better. So, you mentioned the blood sugar. So, help us understand that connection between uh, blood sugars, diabetes, and then retinopathy. And what does that mean? Is that for every one portion of the population?
2: Yeah, so, so diabetes is, is a very common disease now. You know, we're seeing very, very high levels. It's a pandemic at this point. And it's one of these diseases that affects such a large percentage of the population that everybody knows somebody who's a diabetic, pretty much. And so what diabetes does is by, in particular, I'm going to first talk about di- type 2 diabetes because that's the more common. So when people have type 2 diabetes, what happens is people are, are resistant to their own natural insulin in their body. And so, as a result, their body can't regulate the amount of sugar that's in their bloodstream. When the sugar gets so high, it's actually toxic to the cells in the the body everywhere. And so, in the retina in particular, in in the actual eye, it damages the blood vessels. And when it damages the blood vessels, they become leaky. And you don't want them to be leaky in your eye. When they're leaky in your eye, then it swells the tissue. So, it's just swollen, like waterlogged, basically. And so when they're waterlogged, they can't see clearly because it's like looking through basically someone shooting water in your face. Uh, And that's what we call diabetic macular edema. When it gets really bad, it actually kills the blood vessels. So now you're not actually getting blood flow to those areas. So now those areas can't get oxygen because your blood carries oxygen to your tissues. And so if your blood cells are all dead, your vessels are all dead, your capillaries are all dead, then... You're not getting oxygenation to these nerve tissue in your eyes, and so then you lose vision permanently.
0: Uh, Can you help us understand what are some clinical signs and symptoms of diabetes retinopathy that individuals with diabetes should pay attention to?
2: So diabetes causes eye disease in in many ways, not just retinopathy. Uh, And so the symptoms can affect many parts of the eye, parts of of your perception of that. So one of the first things that can happen in diabetes is it can cause the lens in your eye to become cloudy, and we call that a cataract. And so diabetic cataracts in particular tend to be cataracts in younger people. Usually when you think cataract, you think about older people getting an age-related cataract. But diabetes causes a specific type of cataract. Uh, we call it a posterior subcapsular cataract. It's like looking through frosted glass. Glare becomes a problem. People have issues driving at night um, from that. And so, when glare is an issue and bright lights are really, really bothering people when they're diabetic, typically that's associated with that. Other problems that diabetes can cause is because it causes that ischemia or lack of blood flow I was talking about before, it can cause new blood vessels to grow. And those new blood vessels can grow in any part of the eye. But if they grows in the front of the eye, it can block the drainage canals in the eye that help us regulate our pressure in the eye. And so when the eye pressure gets too high, that can be very painful. Uh, And that's what some people will see, they'll see pain, they might have halos around lights because their cornea, the front part of the eye, becomes so swollen uh, that it has all the cysts in it. And so they can see halos around lights, Uh, they can get nausea from that, Uh, it can make you very sick, uh, and it can cause the vision to get dark. Uh, Because you're not getting enough blood flow to your eye because their eye pressure is higher than the blood pressure that's in your eye. Now, getting back to the retina, you know, people who have diabetic retinopathy uh, with um, chronic diabetic retinopathy, when it's happened for a long time, it can cause you to lose what we call contrast sensitivity. So similar colors may not... uh, be as easy to differentiate. So an orange and a pink kind of thing, or like different shades of gray. You may not be able to see the subtle differences in color, or you may need more light just to see something uh, because things are dimmer or colors seem kind of washed out, or it can affect the central vision. And like I said, with diabetic macular edema, it can basically just make things seem blurry. Uh, and, And that's what people typically start to see. When it gets more advanced, it can actually start to bleed in your eye because the blood vessels, like I said, become weak. The walls become weak and they bleed. And so your eye can be completely full of blood. So you can see a whole lot of floaters. You can see blood clots floating around in your eye. Um, And so, you know, I see people like that pretty much many times a week who come in with new vitreous hemorrhages, we call that. And what, what sort of treatments exist for this? So there's lots of treatments for diabetic retinopathy. Uh, nowadays, the most common treatment that we're doing, well, first and foremost, we're controlling the blood sugar. If the blood sugar and blood pressure and the cholesterol controlled, because remember, these are all the blood vessel problems we want to control. Because people who have diabetes don't just have diabetes; they often also have high blood pressure and high cholesterol, and all of those also damage your blood vessels. So we have to control all those things. So first and foremost, that's the first thing we have to do. We have to control the sugar the blood pressure, and the cholesterol. So after we do that, when they actually have diabetic retinopathy, sometimes we'll do treatments of injecting lasers, uh, sorry, doing lasers and doing injections of medication in the eye. So these medications have been used for the last 15 years or so. uh, And with these medications, we can actually reduce the swelling that's in the eye. We can reduce the growth of new blood vessels that are going to bleed in the eye uh, and we can improve the vision with, with these injections as well. And the lasers can work to reduce the incidence of problems happening again in the future. So sometimes things are so bad when people get to something called proliferative diabetic retinopathy, we have to do a, something called a pan-laser photocoagulation, or PRP. So this pan-retinal photocoagulation, what we actually do is we sacrifice the peripheral retina and We kill it off with laser. To prevent people from growing new blood vessels in the center of their vision and basically ripping the retina apart with these new blood vessels because those can be pretty bad so we can prevent that with this laser but you lose a lot of vision by doing that you lose a lot of your peripheral vision and night vision from those laser procedures and sometimes it gets to the point where we have to do surgery so if the eyes fall of blood you can't see through blood so sometimes if the injections don't cause the blood to go away we have to go inside of the eye and remove all the blood from the eye uh, and that can help people see better as well.
0: Now, you talked about um, controlling the blood sugar levels before doing the injections or even the laser. Um, What sort of levels do they need to be brought down to if we're looking at A1Cs? Um, What sort of numbers are you looking for to bring down to before you can um, sort of look at some of these other options?
2: So in terms of A1C, the the best data we have uh, is from a study that was done a long time ago. And that showed... Having an A1C less than 7.0 will reduce your risk of developing that proliferative diabetic retinopathy where you need that laser. Uh, so we want less than 7 is our is our, our overall goal. But really, ideally, we want less than 6.4 so we can prevent any end organ damage. So that's really kind of the ideal scenario. Because when people are less than 6.4, they're not actually having the effects of diabetes. But less than 7 is, is a good goal to start with to get people out of the dangerous part of diabetic retinopathy.
0: So a lot of that uncontrolled diabetes that sits above nine, the, from what I gathered, then what you're trying to do is bring them down with below that um, in that 6.47 sort of range um, in order to do the surgery or even the injections, for instance, you need them sort of at that controlled
2: levels before you can do this. Well, we'll do the injections right away uh, because we want to get the effect to work immediately. Um, but the thing is that if somebody's living at nine, doesn't matter how many injections I give them. I, I can't really control them that well uh, if their blood sugar is not controlled. Uh, ultimately, they're just going to have end organ damage. Even if I can reduce the factor that's being released, um, they're still going to have damage.
0: Help us understand the role of ophthalmologists in all of this in caring for patients with
2: diabetes. We recommend that every patient gets a dilated fundus exam every year. This can help us screen for diabetic retinopathy and screen for what level of diabetic retinopathy they have. An optometrist or a general ophthalmologist can do this if they do a dilated exam, meaning they put the the drops in your pupil, make your pupils very large, and this is a way they can actually see into the retina very clearly. Um, Sometimes they'll take photos to make it uh, easier for them to look at the retina, but they need to look. Uh, And if you don't look, you're not going to see it. So this needs to be checked every year. Because sometimes people can move very fast and they can get real bad very fast, especially type one diabetics. Um, type two diabetics tend to be a little slower than than type ones, but I've seen type one type two diabetics get worse within a year uh, to the point where they need treatment.
0: So how can ophthalmologists and just other clinicians uh, in a patient's care team, help with diabetes retinopathy prevention? um, And really, what can be done to better identify at-risk patients before disease development?
2: So the thing is, is that if people are going to the regular doctor, they're getting their blood sugar checked, then we can have an idea of who's going to be at risk. So if you're a diabetic, but with medication, your A1C is point or or 6 or low 6s, the chances are of you developing end-organ damage, meaning diabetic disease, kidney disease, heart disease, um, loss of the nerve function in your hands and feet is lower. Uh, so the first and foremost is we have to have the the regular primary care doctor or endocrinologist in some cases be on top of controlling the blood sugar. Uh, and so the blood sugar and the blood pressure and the cholesterol controlled. That's the first step.
0: And then anything in particular that can be done for that the patient can do for uh, to prevent disease development?
2: So the, they just have to control their sugar, you know. And the first and foremost part of controlling your sugar is diet. Because diet is the medication you take many times a day. Uh, it doesn't matter the manufacturer of that medication, because you're going to eat it. It's just going to happen, right? So you have to control what it is you're eating to reduce your glucose levels. And so that's, you know, a whole... You know, thing in and of itself is a whole field of medicine that's all dedicated to nutrition. And and a lot of what you guys are doing here in Yamlish is, is doing that. And that's really important. That's why I'm so happy to be part of this. So thank you.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, no, thank you for the work that you're doing. You know, uh, help us understand the scope of the problem. Of the general sort of diabetes population, how many would you say have sort of this complication or diabetes retinopathy? Um, help us understand sort of just so we can frame how big the
2: problem is. So it's variable depending on where you are and the the, the culture of the people who live in that area, the demographics, uh, where there are some areas of the country where diabetic retinopathy and diabetes in general, diabetes is forty to fifty percent of the population in certain populations. And diabetic retinopathy is a large percentage of those people. and these are these are populations where, diet is very different um, than populations where things are better. Uh, frankly, people eat a lot more carbs, they're more sedentary in terms of their lifestyle. They have genetic predispositions for diabetes. Uh, and so it can be a major, major problem in certain parts of the country and in certain communities all over the country. Um, and we're seeing this a lot in a lot of the ethnic populations of the United States because they're not used to the food that is made here and and the the processed nature of the food that's here. And so the constitutions just aren't designed to process that food at this level of, of, of carbohydrates. And so they just can't, can't do that well with that.
0: And and so if you had to scope out just an average estimate for the population, how, how widespread would you say it is in the diabetes population overall?
2: Diabetic retinopathy? Mm -hmm. Yes. So diabetic retinopathy is something that eventually we see in Almost every diabetic. The question is, is that what percentage of the population needs treatment? I don't know the number on, on that. Um, but ultimately, if, if you live long enough, you're going to get diabetic retinopathy if you have diabetes. Even 5% of people who are perfectly controlled in their diabetes will eventually need surgery for the diabetic disease. Eye disease. So even if you do everything perfectly right, some people will still need surgery. Um, And that's getting to the far end of the spectrum of of what treatment is going to be necessary.
0: And and that's why it is so important to get those eye exams. So if you are someone who has diabetes, getting those eye exams done yearly is going to be very, very important to just make sure your eyes are good, you're getting the dilated exam done, and everything is is fine. And um, ideally, the patient doesn't have to visit you.
2: Yeah, ideally
0: not. Okay. Um, and so, with that, uh, you know, Dr. Mita, we're toward the end of the episode. How can our listeners connect with you and just really learn more about your work?
2: So, yeah, so I'm at the University of California Irvine in, in Southern California. So, you can either go to our website, uh, uci.edu. If you go to ey.uci.edu, so i.uci.edu, that'll get you to the Gavin Herbert Eye Institute where I work, where you can look me up. Uh, you can contact us to make an appointment if you're in the area. You can also call 949-UCI-2020 or 949-824-2020 and you need to make an appointment. You can come see one of us.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Meiton, for helping us understand exactly what diabetes retinopathy is um, and how we can do a few things and really stay on top of this to really take a preventative approach toward this. Um, So thank you so much for your time.
2: It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me
0: absolutely and for our listeners out there head over to our social media after this episode head over to our facebook our instagram and let us know what did you learn from today's episode one break takeaway head over again to facebook or instagram and we will see you there after the episode with that dr matha thank you so much thank you
1: thank you for listening to the yumlish podcast Make sure to follow us on social media at Yemlish underscore on Instagram and Twitter and at Yemlish on Facebook and LinkedIn for tips about managing your diabetes and other chronic conditions and to chat and connect with us about your journey and perspective. You can also visit our website, yemlish.com, for more recipes, advice, and to get involved with all of the exciting opportunities Yemlish has to offer. If you like this week's show, make sure to subscribe so you can hear more from us every time we post. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time. Remember, your health always comes first. Stay well.